Are you watching? We have a great example in Jesus Christ. Amen? We have an amazing example to watch in Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes when life gets heavy and life gets hard, it's easy for us to think about God sitting up in heaven, looking down, kind of waiting on us to fail. God sitting in heaven, sitting on his throne, just watching the earth go, getting worse and worse. And he sits there and in his company, Michael, Gabriel, look at these peasants. They're just, they can't get it right. I feel like sometimes God's sitting up there and he's keeping company and he's like just shaking his head at me. Sometimes when life gets hard for me, I feel that way. If you don't feel that way, good for you. But sometimes when life gets hard, I'm like, I think maybe God's just waiting on me to fail today. Just waiting on me to get it wrong today. But how many knows that's a lie from the enemy? And we have to rebuke that because we have an amazing, an amazing example. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he came and he lived life, and he went to the cross for us, and we know, spoiler, he resurrected from the grave. Amen? And because he did all that, he is our example today that we get to watch and live with. I'm going to read in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and I'm going to read one verse, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to my Father. Amen? This is Jesus speaking, and I want to point out to you, when Jesus is speaking here, because the context is a little bit important here. A lot of times when Jesus is speaking publicly, he's speaking to Pharisees, he's speaking to a massive group of thousands of people, he's rebuking a Pharisee, he's healing someone. But in this particular moment when Jesus says, you will do the works that I do, you will do greater works than I have done, Jesus is only speaking to his disciples in this moment. This is a very closed door, intimate conversation where Jesus has the 12 disciples and he's speaking directly to the ones who follow him, to the ones who believe in him, to the ones who know him, and to the ones he knows. This is an intimate, private conversation to the followers of him. Everybody with me? This is not rebuking Pharisees. This is not a huge group of people. It's a closed door, private meeting where Jesus says to his followers who believe in him and who he knows you will do the, the works that I do, and you can do greater works than I do. And the reason that's so important, I'm going to come back to how it's so important about who Jesus was talking to when he said this amazing, amazing prophecy, really. And so I look at the words of Jesus, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And so the first question that comes to mind is, how do I know the works that Jesus has done? What does Jesus mean, I'll do the works that he's done? And the simple answer for that is, I have to watch Jesus. Jesus is talking to the ones who's following him, and he says, are you watching? Because this is the life that you can live. Are you watching? Because these are the things that you can do. Are you watching? Because I'm setting the example for you to see the life you can possibly have and the things you can possibly do. Are you watching me? Because if you're not watching, then you don't know the works that I've been doing. Does that make sense? Jesus says to his disciples, are you watching me? Because I'm setting forth the example that you need to follow. And when I want to set out to achieve something, I like to look at somebody who has achieved that successfully. I like to look at someone who has success in that area, and I say, okay, you got it right. You did it okay. Now I'll follow in your footsteps. I'll follow your plan, your guideline, and hopefully I can get to that same level of success. You set the example. You did it right. I'll follow you. Make sense? I had, we've all learned to drive. How many people here, someone taught you how to drive? 
Actually, better question, how many nobody ever taught you and you just jumped in the car one day and started driving around? Anybody? Well, praise God. <laughs> People who did that aren't here because they probably crashed, right? <laughs> Someone taught us all how to drive. Actually, I have about a three-hour drive from home to here, and I was driving down here yesterday. And one thing that drives me crazy is, so my dad and my mom, they taught me how to drive. They taught me how the vehicle works. They taught me how to use my blinkers. More importantly, they taught me how to use my cruise control when I'm on the highway. Can I get an amen? I'm driving down the highway, and one thing I can't stand is when I have my cruise control set, and I'm cruising, and I'm coming up on somebody who's going a little bit slower than me, but when you get ready to pass them, they have to speed up, don't they? They have to speed up. They can't be passed. Obviously, nobody taught them about cruise control. Obviously, they had no one of success teaching them how to drive, because there's always people they don't want to be passed. Now, if that's you, I'm not judging you, but there will be a portion of the service for salvation, and that's your time to come and give your heart to the Lord and repent of your sins, okay? Obviously, nobody taught them about cruise control, and it drives me, who was taught, crazy. But I look at someone who's, who's done what I want to do, and I'm like, okay, that's the goal. That's the example. Let me give you one more example. I have a friend, I was friends with him in high school. And in high school, he was always kind of a little bit overweight. He wasn't the most athletic guy. Well, now here we are about eight years removed from high school or whatever, however long ago it was. And he has whipped himself into amazing shape. He started running, he started eating right, he started going to the gym. And now he's lost like 120 pounds and he's in amazing shape. So I reached out to him because we stayed friends. I reached out and I said, dude, you've whipped yourself into amazing shape. Could you take me to the gym with you? Could you show me what you do? And he's like, yeah, I'd be more than happy to show you the example that I laid out. But he's like, if you want to get the results I've got, if you want to get stronger, then you have to come to the gym with me when I go, right? If you want to lose weight, then you have to go running with me than when I go running. If you want to be healthier, you have to keep a healthier diet with me when I'm not eating junk. And so obviously I immediately was like, okay, this is too much. I can't do any of that. I'm just kidding. He laid out his example. He said, okay, you, you see the results. You see I've gotten myself into good shape. Here's the plan I took. And if you want to get the results that I've got, here's the example. Follow this example. Does that make sense? Everybody knows you look at someone who has achieved what you want to achieve and you say, okay, that's the example of success I'm striving for. So what do I do now to walk in that example? Because nobody in their right mind looks at someone who failed, who got it wrong, who didn't know what they were doing and said, tell me how you did it and I'll do it the same way. That's a recipe for disaster, right? You don't look at the people who've never gotten it right, never get it right, never learn from their mistakes and say, I want to do what you did. We look at the, the good example, the example that says, if you do it this way, then you'll get the results you want. Amen? And Jesus tells his followers in John chapter 14, he says, imitate the life you've watched me live. I have set the example for you. You have seen me walk. You have seen me pray. You have seen me heal people. You have seen me in conversation. And all of it was not just for your amusement. It was for you to see God, first of all. And second of all, know that that is now possible for you. Jesus tells his disciples, you will do the works that I have done. And you'll know the works I've done because you have watched the example that I have laid out for you. Amen? This life that Jesus lived wasn't just for your mere amusement. It was for your encouragement to know that might be possible for me. When Jesus walked on the water in the storm, how many remember Jesus walked on the water and Peter saw him walking on the water? And what did Peter do? Peter saw Jesus on the water and he wasn't just amazed. He didn't just say, wow, that's so awesome. I can't believe Jesus walked on the water. But Peter saw Jesus 
walking on the water, and Peter didn't just go, wow, that's awesome. Peter began to realize what might be possible through him because he sees Jesus. And Jesus says to Peter, you know the story, walk on the water with me, Peter. It's me. You can trust me. You can walk on the water. Amen? Jesus, Jesus begins to encourage Peter. Don't just be amazed. Don't just be shocked. Don't just say, wow, God is so good. But because you have a relationship with me, why don't you step out on the water and walk? The storm was meant to scare you, Peter, but I'm, I'm going to save you from the fear. The water was meant to drown you, Peter, but I'm going to have you walk on what was supposed to kill you. Can I get an amen, church? When I see Jesus, then I can take his example and I can begin to get encouraged. And I say, wait a minute, I know Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. And if he's walking on that water, I'm going to walk out on that water with him. Amen? That's the example I want to do. Amen? Don't just watch me and be amazed, but watch me and live with me, Jesus says. Are you watching Jesus? Because when Jesus says, do the works that I have done, if I have no clue what he's done, how can I do those works? How can I do greater works? Amen? He tells his followers, imitate me. Jesus' life is a perfect example that if you watch Jesus, you can live beyond the lies of the enemy. How many know the devil is a liar? Amen? The devil is a liar. And if you live in the example that Jesus sets with Jesus, then you can live beyond the lies of the enemy. Amen? Has the enemy ever lied to you? He's lied to me. He's lied to me. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You'll never get there. But Jesus says, if you're doing life with me, I'll show you a life beyond the lies of the enemy. Amen? Because of Jesus, you can be healed. Because of Jesus, you can be free. Because of Jesus, you can overcome. Because of Jesus, you can have life and life more abundantly. Because of Jesus, when the devil tries to kill you, you can move forward and have a hope and a future. Amen? Because of Jesus, life beyond the lies of the devil is possible. And that's good news to people who know Jesus, right? Jesus says, watch this life I've lived, and I'll give you the example you need. I'll take it a step further for the example Jesus lays out. His death on the cross for us and going to the grave, right? Jesus goes to the cross for you and for me, and they lay him in the tomb, and then he has a supernatural recovery. We know he gets up out of the grave and lives again in the flesh. Amen? If you didn't know that, that's the good news. That's the whole point of church today. Amen? They crucified Jesus and he lived anyways. So Jesus' supernatural recovery from death is first and foremost the salvation of your soul. Amen? Praise God for that. But at the same time that Jesus saved you, saved your soul, brought you into eternity with him, he set the precedent that says, if you follow me, if you have life with me, if you have a relationship with God through me, then supernatural recovery was not just possible for me, but now supernatural recovery is possible for you, and it's possible for your situation, and it's possible for you to see in your life that, once, that something that was once dead can now recover to back to life because Jesus set the precedent that said, death is no longer the victor, but I am the example, and you can have a recovery that the devil didn't want you to have, amen? Give God some praise. Jesus, Jesus gets out of the grave and he looks at his followers and he says, recovery or resurrection for you is possible. Recovery for your energy. Recovery for your character. Recovery for your joy. Recovery for your peace. Recovery for your relationship. Recovery for your life in general. Recovery for your finance. Recovery for your work. Recovery for whoever God created you to be. 
Because how many knows you don't have to die physically for the enemy to beat you down and make you feel dead spiritually? Amen? But Jesus says, you want peace? Let's recover that. You want life? Let's recover that. You want a future and a hope? Let's recover that. Because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. We can look at his example and say, he had a supernatural recovery. Now through the Holy Spirit, I want a supernatural recovery. Amen? Amen. Jesus is our ultimate example. He did not stay in the grave, but he walked out in victory. And because he walked out in victory, he sets the example that says, you will do the works that I have done. Amen? Praise God. Jesus said, you will do the works that I have done. And he says to his disciples in John 14, truly you believe in me and you will do the works that I have done. He's trying to tell his disciples, everything you've seen me do, everything you've seen me go around and interact with people, it's all possible for you. So are you watching? Because the key is watch this example so you can lay it out. If you want the same level of success, you have to pay attention to what's been happening around you. Amen? Jesus says, are you watching? Because if you watch me, then you'll do what I have done. Amen? Walk your whole life in relationship with God the Father. Everything is possible for you to do that I have done. Amen? That's crazy to think about because we look at Jesus as, as a supernatural superhero who saved our souls and he is all those things. But then when he looks at you and he says, you see the life that I just lived? It's possible for you too. That makes me think a little bit. When Jesus says, you see how I overcame the lies of the enemy with the word of God? You can overcome the lies of the enemy in your life too. And it makes me think because I'm like, well, Jesus, you're Jesus. Of course you can do all these things. Of course you can have an amazing life. Of course you can have a supernatural recovery. I'm not Jesus. I'm Charlie. And Jesus looks at me and says, Charlie, look at the example I have laid out. And you can live this life that I have lived too. Because it's all about relationship with God the Father. Amen? And we're thinking, we're like, okay, pastor, that sounds great. Watch Jesus. Jesus isn't here on earth with us anymore. Because we could make the argument, it was easy for the disciples to watch Jesus. They had him there physically, right? The disciples had Jesus and Jesus said, watch me. And that was pretty basic. Okay, I'll watch you. I'm here with you. We don't have physical Jesus to watch. So I'll give you a couple of practical steps. Step one, read your Bible. When we read our Bible and we see the testimony of who Jesus is and how he lived and how he healed people and how he told everyone to get right with the Father and then he says, you can do that too? Now I'm encouraged to have life through the Holy Spirit, to have life in victory, to step out to be who God created me to be despite what everyone else might say. Amen? I can watch Jesus by reading my Bible. And step two, I can defeat lies of the enemy, again, by reading my Bible, by understanding when the enemy wants you to feel alone, that's never true. That's never true. When the enemy makes you feel alone, when he makes you feel ostracized, when he makes you feel like nobody else understands, those are lies from the devil, not from Jesus. Amen? You are never alone. First and foremost, praise God, we have a church family. I think sometimes we, we belittle the value that a church family actually has. Right? And we attempt to go through things alone, and we forget that we have people who love us who would take our hand, who would walk with us, who would pray with us, or, or at the very least, just be with us. Sometimes when I'm going through something, I just feel alone, and I'm like, nobody just wants to be with me. 
And the devil has lied to me and said, you're right, nobody wants to be with you, nobody wants to care about you. But then I come to church on Sunday and there's a church full of people who would be more than happy to be with me, to pray with me, to uplift me from the good, the good news of the gospel. Amen? So you're never alone physically as long as there's a church here on this earth and leadership to, to lead that church. Amen? But second of all, I want to read in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And this is because of Jesus. This passage of scripture is possible because of Jesus. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and fi find grace for our help in our times of need. Amen? So in Hebrews, we learn that we can grow, go near to the throne of grace. When the devil says you're all alone, Jesus says, I have extended grace and mercy to you. And we know, praise God, because of the book of Acts, he has extended the Holy Spirit to us. And because of the Holy Spirit, and because I can walk in that, I now walk in grace and in mercy every single day of my life. When things start to get hard, I say, I can go to grace, and I can go to mercy, and I can walk in that. I'm not leaning on my own understanding, as the word says, but I'm leaning on him. In his grace and mercy, the Bible promises that I can go to that when I need it because of Jesus. Amen? That's the good news. Jesus lived the perfect life, went to the cross, went to the grave for you and me, and then and comes when death thought he had won and Jesus got up anyway. So because there's power in that, there's power in your salvation when I confess that when I believe that, when I begin to walk in my relationship with that. So I say, I want my life to get better. I want to follow Jesus more closely. I want him to recover or resurrect my life, my peace, my joy, my relationship, my work, my family. I want him to recover all those things. Pastor, how am I supposed to do that? Step one, walk with him. Follow him. Have relationship with him. When Jesus says, walk with me, and I'll show you this example, let's not get stubborn. Let's not believe lies of the enemy that we're all alone. But Jesus says, I have laid out a wonderful life for you to live in relationship with God the Father. Just trust me. Put your faith in me. Walk with me. Amen? Amen. My final point I want to make, because I've kind of negated, not negated, but I've kind of left out the second portion of this verse where he says, and greater works than these will you do, because I go to the Father. Now that is pretty crazy. We know Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, amen? And we live our lives filled with and guided by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But Jesus says something that is mind-blowing to his followers. He says, you saw me raise the dead. You saw me heal the sick. You saw me open the eyes of the blind, open the ears of the deaf. Peter, you saw me walk on water and you walked on it with me. You saw all this. All of that, you'll do greater. Again, stops me and makes me think, I'll do greater. Is that, is that super difficult? Is that super puzzling? I want to give you a little bit of peace in that. Because I believe that through the Holy Spirit, you can raise the dead. I believe that through the Holy Spirit, you can pray for cancer to go away and it will go away. Amen? I believe that through the Holy Spirit, you can heal the sick. I believe that through the Holy Spirit, you can do all the supernatural things that Jesus did. Amen? Because when we pray in his name, he answers. And I am not negating the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural healing. I'm not negating any of that. I believe it's all possible for you to see in your life. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit is something to behold. And when we pray in faith, healing can happen. Freedom can happen. Resurrection can happen. Life can happen. Abundancy can happen. Amen? Amen? I believe in all that. 
But I believe that what Jesus meant by you could do something even greater, church, I believe it's very simple. I believe when Jesus says you'll do something even greater, I believe the Holy Spirit has laid it on my heart that the greatest thing you could ever do, if you've never prayed for anyone and they've been healed, don't be discouraged. If you've never prayed for anyone who was dead and they rose again, don't be discouraged. If you've never, if, if you've never done anything, if you've never walked on water at your neighborhood pool party, don't be discouraged, okay? If you've never done anything crazy supernatural and you're saying, God, you, you said I could do this. Why am I not doing anything crazy supernatural? Don't be discouraged. Don't let the enemy use that against you. Because I believe it's very simple. When Jesus says the greatest thing, the greatest thing, what's the greatest thing, God? Is it walking on water? Is it raising the dead? Is it, is it making five pieces of fish, 5,000 pieces of fish? What is it? I believe when Jesus says the greatest thing you could ever do is introduce somebody else to the good news of the gospel. Introduce somebody else into a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. Greater than healing someone of cancer is getting them to confess Jesus as Lord so you can have eternity with them. Can I get an amen? Greater, greater than raising the dead is showing everyone that they can see the dead again, the physically dead again, in eternity through a relationship with God the Father. When Jesus says you could do greater things than all these supernatural things you've seen me do, what does that mean? That means the number one most important thing for you and for me and for everyone we come in contact with is they might have a relationship with Jesus. The greatest thing I can ever do with my life is say, do you know who Jesus is and the life he wants to have for you? Do you know who Jesus is and the relationship he wants to have with you? Amen, church? So if you would just stand with me, we're going to get ready and we're just going to praise God just one more minute as, as we close. But I want to highlight, I, want to, I don't want to leave the moment without making you know that coming into a relationship with Jesus isn't something super complicated, super complex. You don't have to be a part of the church for three months. You don't have to pay a certain amount of tithes. You don't have to take communion 15 times. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you can step into a relationship of the greatest person who ever lived. Amen? And beyond that, I want to encourage you, some of you today because I believe that most everyone here, if not everyone, has come into a relationship with the Lord. If you haven't, we're going to do that in just a second. But if you have come into a relationship with the Lord, you say, I already live my life as a Christian. I want to encourage you to be, be more bold. I want to encourage you when Jesus says recovery is possible for you, then when you don't have, you're wondering, I don't have the joy I used to have. I want to speak joy into your life. I don't have the peace I used to have. I want to speak peace into your life. I don't have the future I used to think that I was going to have. I want to speak goodness into your life. Because the enemy has discouraged too many people and given us this mindset that, well, eternity will be great when I get there. I guess I'll just suffer for now. I want to speak against that. And I'm not talking about abundancy like you'll have a billion dollars and you'll have all the desires of your heart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about peace in your heart. I'm talking about meaningful relationships with the people you want to have meaningful relationships with. I'm talking about being able to preach the gospel when somebody says, why am I depressed? Why am I lonely? Why is there a hole in me that I cannot fill with everything I try? Why, why do I have questions to life that just can't be answered? And you could say, let me tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to speak boldness into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray together in unity. If you have never given your life to Christ and you would love to do that today, would you just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying with? There's no shame. There's no guilt. This is just an awesome opportunity, and we're all going to pray together. So if you lift your hand, okay, thank you. And we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask everyone, even if you've, even if you've prayed the, the salvation prayer before, just pray with me. Right? Repeat after me, church. Dear Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I confess you as Lord. 
and I believe you rose again from the grave. In Jesus' name, amen. And now what I want to do, church, for those of you, as we're about to get encouraged to live in boldness, to live in more peace, to live in a brighter future, the worship team has come up not by mistake. They have come up because they're going to lead us in worship again. And as we close, your pastors are going to close out this service. But the, I just want to encourage you to worship because we say, Lord, send recovery. How, how can I start recovery? I want to encourage you to start right now by worshiping with us. How can I get more peace? Start right now by, by, by claiming, God, I'm going to get peace through the Holy Spirit. Let's just worship together one more minute. Can we do that, church? Let's just worship together one more second, and then your pastor will come. Let's worship. I tried so hard to see you.